0: amen let's go ahead and pray um, God we just uh, we thank you uh, for allowing us to be here this morning Lord I ask that you would speak through me in a mighty way uh, Lord I ask that you would uh, speak to those who listen uh, via podcast those who will watch on YouTube and those who will watch on the website uh, any kind of platform those who are overseas uh, in different places, uh, of the country and different places of the world oh god i ask that you would um save somebody who isn't saved that you deliver somebody who needs to be delivered by the by uh, by the power of your your, your 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 you know your spirit oh god you do something amazing uh, today now speak through me uh, open up our ears to hear your word in jesus name i pray and thank you amen good morning everybody I was listening to a, co- a comedian, a couple comedians, and they were. I love listening to comedians; uh, they can teach you a lot about preaching. Um, and one of the things they said was how hard it is to do shows now, uh, especially on, on on some college campuses. And they were saying um, that uh, it was matter of fact. It was Ricky Smiley, it was Lil Duval, and another cat. And they were talking about how people in the audience now. when when they go to clubs or or different schools are always taking selfies and they're doing something else. He said, people are not even engaged. He said, there's so many distractions. And I was thinking about it's the same thing at church. you go to, you know, you might go to a gospel concert, you might go to a church service and people are just uh, distracted. And we have so many things fighting for our attention all the time. And they were just talking about how hard it is now to even do shows. So they wanna really focus on say older crowds and things like that, people who are really engaged. And I was just thinking about, man, there's so much fighting for our attention. And we're always distracted, man. Jonathan asked me this morning, you know, he said, man, you know, basically the question was, I'm paraphrasing, are you here? And not just am I here present, but am I here emotionally, am I here mentally? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here every time, you know? But I have to fight for it, you know? I have to fight to be present every time because I go through so much before I get to this moment. Amen. So I, you know, pray that God would be we'd be blessed this morning uh, as we jump into this word. So let's go ahead and do that. Would you stand to your feet? And I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. And you can look at whatever uh, translation you have on your devices or in your, your Bible. Um, so, again, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible in Matthew, Chapter 16. Uh, Matthew, Chapter 16 will be in the same passage that we were last week. Amen. Everybody good? All right. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 17, New American Standard Bible. And when you're there, say, I got it. All right, here we go. It says this. Now, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And he said, um, and they said, rather, uh, some say John the Baptist, in others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. He said to them, but who do you yourself say that I am? And Simon Peter, he answered, he spoke up for the group. Remember last week we said that, that you was plural. It wasn't a singular response or a singular question that was asked. Uh, it was it was uh, uh, for the group to answer. And he spoke up. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father who is in heaven. Y'all may be seated. So now last Sunday, I asked the question. Uh, for us and I asked it of myself as well. Which who are you? Which who are you? And then I said, let's personalize it by asking the question, which who am I? Which who are you? Which who am I? And I, I hope that we, you know, took a closer look at ourselves, began to take a closer look at ourselves. Um, to determine uh, which group we fit into because we looked at three groups remember we looked at the critic we looked at the confused and we looked at the confessing believer Th- those three groups and I hope that the question allowed us to kind of do some some re- some searching and some examination some introspective looking at ourselves so we could figure out which group that we fit in but today uh, we have another question for us because I told you we were gonna go further through the text, the same passage. And here is the question I have for today. Which Jesus are you following? Just sit in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, introspective, here we go, we're gonna personalize it. Which Jesus am I following? Yeah. And it might seem like a strange question, like, what do you mean, which Jesus am I following? You know, because I'm going to tell you what I learned in the Bible Belt, and that's under the Mason-Dixon line, okay? <laughs> in the Bible Belt, and, and I've been in the Bible Belt long enough, and y'all have been in the Bible Belt. That's why I say y'all. <laughs> that's, that's Bible Belt vernacular right there, <laughs> you know? The, the Bible Belt uh, is full of folk. Uh, especially in in some religious circles and pseudo religious circles where where people uh, have heard Jesus language and know how to repeat Jesus language. And am I right about it? Yeah, we know how to we know how to say that stuff because we have people who who have been baptized. We have people who even take communion. We have people that go to church every every now and then. Uh, They even check a yes on a Christian box that they have a survey. You know, they'll check it by default. You know, but uh, but they're 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 completely spiritually lost. Sad. But why? Why? It's because they never were truly transformed by Jesus because they never truly followed Jesus. now, yeah, They were never transformed by Jesus because they were never truly uh, uh, following Jesus. Yeah, At least not the Jesus in the text. I'm going somewhere, right? Because there are one or two Jesuses right, that people follow. And we're going to break it down. Yeah, there's, there's at least one those two Jesus that people follow. You have Jesus of the church or Jesus of the culture. Yeah, got two of them. Jesus of the church or Jesus of the culture. See, Jesus of the church is exactly who Peter said he was and is. Y'all follow me? He said, you are the Christ. Now, that is Jesus of the church, the Christ, right? Uh, The the Christ is a Greek word, but in Hebrew, it's the Messiah, right? Uh, The anointed one in English, the promised deliverer. And, and what is he going to deliver folk from if they if they follow him he, he delivers from the oppressive bondage of sin he frees us from the consequences of sin and, and, and he's supposed to and it will do uh it may not be right now but it show will be later he, he's going to free us from the oppressive systems that have been put in place because of sin he sure will it, he, he's, he's going to do it Deliverer, anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. He's anointed to deliver us from sin. All right. From the consequences of sin and from the systems that have been put in place in this world because of sin. To follow him means that we submit under his lordship and his authority. And that authority is over Every single area of my life, if I follow him. But then, there is Jesus of the culture. I know y'all ready for me to get to that one. No, nope. because when I say culture, Mike, I'm not referring to ethnicity. When I say culture, Mariah, I'm not talking about nationality. When I, when I say culture, I'm not talking about tribe. When I talk about culture, I'm not talking about pigmentation melody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm referring to pop culture popular culture whatever is popular whatever is trending whatever is dominant at any given time and place that is culture all right and there are people that are following jesus of the culture yeah jesus of the culture is not the christ hear me but a creation by us and for us fubu yeah got jesus of the christ Jesus the Christ, that, that is Jesus of the church. Then you got Jesus of the culture. Jesus of the culture is not the Christ, but a creation by us, consciously or unconsciously, to fit our desires. Ooh, I'm right about it, Fred. <laughs> see, see, Jesus of the culture. Here me, here we go. Come on now. This is gonna be my my tr- my traditional holy roller is gonna love this one right here. See, Jesus of the culture embraces anything. Jesus of the culture accepts anything. Jesus of the culture agrees with anything that feels good or seems good to me. That's Jesus of the culture. And some of us are following that Jesus we created. So so if I want a magical word uh, about the future, I'll create a fortune telling Jesus to tell me whatever I like. Just, let's say I like I like cool little philosophical quotes, especially the ones in fortune cookies. Right. Yeah. Or oh, I hear something on, on Instagram. I want a good philosophical quote. I might create a charismatic rhetoric. Jesus. Be like, yeah, that sounds good right there. It sounds like Aristotle or Plato. Yeah. I know a young brother who thinks that Jesus was always angry at the disciples. So in his mind, he created a wrathful Jesus that's always angry with him and angry with everybody. Some people created a passive, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, lamb-rubbing Jesus. Yeah, So that Jesus, he's non-confrontational, So 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 that person in turn avoids conflict. They're easily offended whenever they are confronted. Something that Jesus viewed women as less than. So they created a misogynist Jesus. You know, women ain't good for nothing but having babies, cooking food and making sure the house is all right and being quiet in church all the time. Our hearts are deceitful and the enemy is tricky, Mike. And if we're not careful, any of us can end up following Jesus of the culture and not Jesus the Christ. Yeah, because we'll create something that fits us, that suits us, that agrees with us all the time. Right. Because we're always the hero in our story. we got to fight not to be. And we'll create somebody that always agrees with us, that always says we're right. That's it right there. And Peter. He would go on to say about this Christ, he would say that this Christ, you, Jesus, are the son of the living God. Now, now in the original Greek, the word order, it reads a little different. The the word order is different. It it states this. Y'all listen to this. This is what it says in in the Greek. The Christ, the son of God, the living one. That's important. Hang your hat on right there. the Son of God, the living One. So, so this confession of Peter I need y'all to hear this was in direct opposition with their context. They are in a, Gro- a Greco-Roman society, and what Peter says about Jesus, it, it is countercultural. It is in opposition to the Greco-Roman culture. Why? because Caesar Augustus Caesar believed he was the son of God and a God come on now another name you can look up when you got time don't google it right now pay attention is Octavian all right he believed that he was the son of God and that he was a God and so did all the Caesars so when Jesus steps on the scene And Peter says this about him that you are the son of God. It means that Jesus is king. Yeah, Kanye, you got that right. Jesus is king and Jesus is the rightful heir to all thrones. Right. When he says that you are the living one, what does that mean? That means that he is saying that every other God has no life. That that my God has life. Your gods are dead. They have nothing in them. They have no spirit in them. They are not real. And the location of this dialogue emphasized it. Hear me. Jesus had his disciples follow him to Caesarea Philippi on purpose. He, he takes him to this place on purpose. Now, last week I told you that this town was was named in honor of pagan worshiping Caesar and pagan worshiping Philip. It was it was a name combined. So if you ever read the book of Acts and you see about you see something called Sisera. It's not the same place. It's Cicero Philippi here in the gospel, so we know the difference. Both, this place is named after both of these pagan worshiping folk in the Greco Roman culture. And who did they worship? They worshiped somebody named Pan. Just think of Peter Pan, frying Pan, Pan African, just Pan, just so that y'all remember it. Pan, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I got on a pair of pants Just pan, just remember, pan They're worshiping pan And in this place, I want you to also think about Mardi Gras 24-7 another word for mardi gras fat tuesdays think about new orleans mardi gras think about think about carnival overseas think about las Las vegas all the time 24 7 anything goes fat tuesdays another word used for fat tuesday is smorgasbord that means you have everything you want all access in excess get that all the food you want all the sex you want All of the self-mutilation you want. All the child sacrifices you want. All the alcohol you want. All the drugs you want. All the fighting you want. All of it done to be sacrificed and worshipped for this false god. And this is the location that Peter makes the confession. Here, he's saying that these other gods don't got no life. Huh? And there, Peter makes this confession about Jesus and those of us who follow Jesus, Jonathan, we need to make the same confession in some idol-worshiping places. And there are a lot of idol-worshiping places in Memphis. We got a lot of idols in Memphis. And there might be some right now in our own homes. I'm going to list you a couple of them. Now, this is not in particular order, but we got the God of money. Folk ain't never satisfied. And and will disregard their personal and moral ethics to achieve money. Will do whatever they got to do. We got the God of power. And that's why people love to be in control. Got to lead. Got to keep these systems of oppression so that they are in power. Don't want to vote out their friends who are in political power because they love power. Don't want to change out the school board people because they love power. Don't want to put people out of the police department and fire department because they love power. We'll keep the same principals and the same teachers that are no good for our kids because they like power. Gods of power. Then you got the gods of sex. We got sex trafficking of young kids and adults. We got them in the apartments of Whitehaven. We got them off of Sycamore View. We got it on Lamar. We got people who are addicted to pornography. We got strip clubs every single where. God of sex. Then we have the God of work. Memphis was built off of the Mississippi River to make Negroes work. It's an industrial city. You're going to always be tired. You're going to always be exhausted. You got FedEx warehouse, Amazon warehouse. Everybody is working, working, and they don't know how to rest. It's a God of work. And our city is full of folk worshiping these false gods. And to find out. If we got some guys that we worship, this is what we got to do. We got to spend some time evaluating our own life. And we have to see where in my life am I making compromises? Where in my life am I making excuses? Where in my life am I justifying things in order to pursue a thing? Want to find out what that idol is? Where am I making compromises and excuses and justifications in order to pursue that thing? Then you'll find out that you and I have an idol. And God wants idols destroyed. There's always something fighting for the throne of our heart. They are distractions. got Jesus of the church you got Jesus of the culture which Jesus are you following Jesus of the church is the Christ Jesus of the culture is a creation then we have Jesus of the church what else does he does Jesus of the church he engages the culture without being influenced by it <laughs> yeah what I mean Jesus didn't avoid the culture. He, he, he didn't spend time uh, condemning the culture. Let me tell you one of my cultural spots. I love Marlowe's. Love being a Marlowe's. I was at the nursing home last week and ran into a brother from Marlowe's. I had on a Delivering Word shirt, and he's like, man, man, I need to know more about that, man. I said, man, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, I see you at Marlowe's all the time. Yeah, man, you know, he's just talking about man, you know, things you need to do, get life together. See, I like being in the culture, right, because I want to be informed by it, but not influenced by it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus engaged the culture without being influenced by the culture. Like I say, he didn't avoid it. He understood it. He loved it. That's why I love the passage that, that Fred read this morning from Psalm 103 and verse 8 and down. He had, that he had compassion. That he's compassionate. That he's merciful. He is compassionate and merciful toward the culture that I was in. In some days, my foot is still in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he engages the culture. And engaging the culture, Jesus wants to do that through us. He Jesus wants to continue engaging every, every, every part of the culture, every gang member, every person who's part of the LGBTQ community. He wants to engage every single part of the culture through us. Hear this good, engaging the culture doesn't mean participating in everything, but we must try to be informed by everything. (laughs) Get that, engaging the culture doesn't mean participating in everything, but we must try to be informed by everything. We should engage the culture with gentle questions. We should engage the culture with our presence. We should engage the culture by feeding the hungry. Yeah, we should engage the culture by clothing those who need it. We should engage the culture with literacy programs for kids who can't read. We should engage the culture with a young man who went to jail. We should engage a mom in the culture who's single, who who don't know how to keep our lights on. We ought to engage the culture with the gospel, asking God the whole time to reveal who Jesus is. Yeah, because we want God. The son to say. You are blessed. Yeah yeah, blessed are you. Blessed is everyone who knows and follows Jesus. Why would we engage the culture with the gospel? Because we want God the Son to be able to say to everybody, "Blessed are you." Because you know and follow. Jesus which Jesus are you following God I ask that you would just let this word marinate in our hearts and allow us to live it in Jesus name I pray and thank you amen